the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And we have some very interesting guests coming up today. Uh, One of our guests is... uh, uh, someone we've had on before. His name is Terry Schilling. He runs American Principles Project. And then the other one is Erica Ahern. We had, I think we had Erica on a long time ago. She's a writer over at the Catholic, uh, at the Catholic, uh, entity called The Loop. The Loop. Um, and, uh, Terry, I asked to come on to talk about the sort of his organization focuses a lot on pro family policies and, and the conversation about the future. He's used the phrase, that the family needs to be the strongest special interest. And he does a lot to try to promote that. I thought it was a good topic to talk about. There's a lot of other things being talked about. So we'll talk with Terry Schilling, catch up. And then Erica Ahern, she's in the line with what I want to talk about for the wink. You know, as government has grown bigger, you know, massive, it's got money to spend. It's got, uh, influence to to pedal <laughs> to influence to uh utilize but as it's gotten bigger and bigger it's done more and more things and there are points where we end up with these public private partnerships where you say to yourself well if you're going to have to build a road would it be better to have a, pro- a partnership with a private company that knows how to build a road better than the government does that that seems to make sense now that's a good example because i believe that government should build roads The problem is the government starts to provide a million other services and goods, and sometimes they're partnered with private entities. And another another example, classic example of a public-private partnership is Medicaid and Medicare, where you have private entities who are providing something, and really the payer is is the government. But there's a lot of overlap in all these different areas. But again, as government's gotten bigger, what you need to know is there's more and more of these moments where uh, the bureaucracies are relying on outside people and they're paying for it. Another one I've been digging into, which annoys me, is the select committee, Liz Cheney's select committee on January 6th. They spent 15 plus million dollars and lots of that money with outside groups and outside people. You know, to do research and to do analyses and things. And you, there's no accountability. And that's the rub, right? When you have a partnership or a relationship or use a vendor outside of government, you can't check their books the same way. Which brings me to the story we're going to talk to in a minute, minute with Eric Ahern and uh, maybe a, a related story about the Biden administration in this sense. You remember a year, year and a half ago, the Biden administration announced that they were going to have a disinformation czar and there was going to be a council. And that got a lot of attention. Jack Posobiec, our friend, made some of the attention and they pulled back on that. There's there's still some of that going on. Well, there's also been now identified contracts that were let out to the Atlantic Council and others to become monitors of social media. But again, it would be one thing if they were watching. The question is whether these partnerships are ending up being influencing people. 
And, and and these are all distasteful. They're all there's a corruption, small c corruption possibility with all of them. When you got money flowing from one entity, I mean, again, the January sixth select committee spent fifteen million dollars. Do you think the people that are getting paid a couple hundred bucks an hour to a, a professor over at Georgetown or a a, a a liberal lawyer somewhere getting paid four, three, four, or five hundred dollars an hour to do research? You think they're going to have a contrarian view? Then it was uh, the worst thing ever. Of course not. So there's a lot of corruption, small c, corruption that way, and it's kind of formalized and institutionalized. But what you need to know is there's an even more troubling trend, and that is outside entities that have a political or ideological axe to grind who become the research arms of the government, but not just for I don't know, work or, uh, you know, or education policy or even NIH, but for law enforcement. And so the memo that came out in Richmond a few months ago of the Richmond field office targeting the FBI, they're targeting Catholics. They use terms in the documents and the terms RTC, I think it's a radical traditional Catholic RTC. And the terms are not derived from the Southern Poverty Law Center, they're, they're, they're taken from it. So the Southern Poverty Law Center creates a list, a list and, and a list of who are these people, radical traditional Catholics, passes on the FBI, and the FBI is taking away your liberty based on the Southern Poverty Law's preferences. Do you see the problem yet? You, you have these uh, uh, non-profit organizations, so-called, that are actually partisan players. They're not Democrat formally, but they're politically partisan and they're on a side and they're ideological and they're utilizing their influence to get government to limit your rights. Because if you can be surveilled and if your organization can be infiltrated because the FBI says you're an RTC based on what the Southern Poverty Law Center says, that means the Southern Poverty Law Center is driving the agenda and they're not accountable. They're not transparent. You don't have a way to tell what they're really up to. What you need to know is, I'm told, I don't know this for sure, but I'm told that there are two lists you can be on. Terrorism watch list and the uh, no-fly list. Those are the only two federal formal lists that exist. I'm not sure that's right. I have to confirm that. But whatever the number is, what if there's other lists that we never know about. And what if there's other lists that we never know about that you can't even find out about? That there's no accountability. There's no supervisory role. It's just the FBI saying the Southern Poverty Law Center, tell us who's bad. Okay, we got it. Good. It's, it's a crazy system. It's a dangerous system. That's more important. It's a dangerous system. And one that not only is rife, ripe for abuse, but it's just wrong. Extra constitutional, unethical, deeply problematic. And you know what? This is just the one we caught. What you need to know is this is the one we caught. FBI leaked memo on Catholics. How many other groups are there? Are you an anti-government? Are you on an anti-government list because you weren't because you don't like something's going on? Scary stuff. Scary stuff. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We've got great guests. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while. It's been, I don't know, it's probably been months and months since uh, we last uh, talked to, to Terry Schilling. Terry Schilling has been out and about in uh, the community. He's the president uh, over at the American Principles Project at Schilling1776 on Twitter. He's got an active uh, Twitter feed. Uh, he's been writing and uh, communicating and leading in politics, on a lot of issues. But uh, Terry, uh, you, you, you came to my mind uh, uh, a couple days ago when joe biden announced he was running and there's lots of conversations about why he's running and should he run and all uh you guys had some i got some language on what you do over at the american principles project talking about how for families and for the american family you know biden's record is pretty pretty abysmal give me give me some of your thoughts especially i know you have the big family initiative i'm a i'm a big fan of that how you've been communicating <laughs> about our families and the need to have you know people will talk about oh we got a population project problem but you know uh, you, you've been saying hey here's well, here's what big families can mean of course you come from one but uh, give me your thoughts right <laughs> now on biden and and where we are well you know obviously uh big family is a uh the double entendre. We want people to be having bigger families, more children. That's always a good thing. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, we want the family to be the most powerful special interest group, right? You have big pharma, big oil, big tobacco, clowns. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but even the clowns have their own special <laughs> interest group. It's called the National the <laughs> National Balloon Society, right? Yeah, uh, big big but, clowning. Big clowning is a problem, but I thought that was in Congress. But but I'm bumped. <laughs> There's dad dad humor. There's go. You you recognize that? Go ahead. There Keep we going. go. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, uh, you know, I I was on Fox Business yesterday with Elizabeth McDonald, and it was about Randy Weingarten and the teachers union. Yeah. The teachers union, American Federation of Teachers, spends $200 million every single year uh, fighting against parents and our rights to control the education of our children. We need something that can match that or at least put the fear of God right into these people. Because here's the thing. We have to build this because these people get to just collect the tax dollars and then collect the dues and then pay all of their activist buddies and PR flackies. We have to build a machine, and that's what APP is doing. We want to create a, we want we want the family to be the most powerful special interest group in this country. Well, and that's that's a, that's a great way to say that because I mean the fact is, you, you, I, I'm I mean I know you're on this side of the aisle with me. I mean you know we want more free speech, we want want more uh, freedom to advocate for your side. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is uh, too often. As you say, with a special interest that matters, the family and others uh, uh, get lost. I mean, you're, you're like, oh no, don't don't lecture me on that. That's uh, that's way too uptight. Uh, we're talking with Terry Schilling. Uh, Terry, um, how does pro life fit into this? I saw, I think it was a video you did. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not finding it. A few <laughs> weeks ago, where Republicans are being conditioned by the media to be afraid of the pro life issue, which the media loves to do because it aids the left and it aids the the anti you know, the pro abortion side. How, how how are you seeing that issue playing out again? It's a, it's a, to me, it's a family issue. You know, late Phyllis Schlafly, my old boss, you know, her, her organization, the Eagle Forum, when she talked about it, we would say it was pro family, but one of her number one planks of pro family was pro life. Uh, yeah, no. So here's the thing. Um, the, we are in a precarious situation um, as part of the right to life movement. And we are in a situation we could end up, uh, in a worse environment and worse situation than what we had under Roe. And what I mean by that is Republicans right now are flirting with the idea of giving up on protecting babies at the national level. And here's why that's a disaster. One, 
Democrats will continue to brand the Republican Party as extreme on abortion. They will continue to run campaign. They ran $500 million, half a billion dollars in campaign ads in the 22 cycle, saying that Republicans wanted to put women in jail and wanted them to die uh, instead of getting abortions. So we we can't change that. They're always going to attack us. If Republicans give up, what will happen is Democrats will continue to build and organize and engage at the federal level, and they will end up passing what's known as the Freedom of Choice Act. And they will make government funding of, ta- uh, of, of abortions mandatory, and they will end up repealing all of the protections that we've worked so hard at the local level to pass. And I, I understand that the Republicans are afraid of this issue. They think it's a losing issue. I can assure you we've done extensive polling on this as long as there are exceptions for the life of the mother, rape and incest, we kick the crud out of the Democrats' position <laughs> on unrestricted access of abortion um, for any moment, at any time, any reason. And a heartbeat bill, right, with exceptions. It pulls 61% for the Republican who supports that to 23% to the Democrat who supports unrestricted access to abortion. We just have to fight on this issue. If we just fight on the issue, we will win it. Uh, we're talking again with uh, Terry Schilling and uh, his organization. I will put up on social media. Uh, one of the things I mentioned is uh, uh, the big family initiative that they've done um, pushing to the center, the conversation about uh, families, American principles project where he's the president. I did find it. It was a video and you've got it. Um, you've got it um, uh, pinned on your Twitter feed at the moment. I'm looking at it at Schilling 1776 Twitter feed. I think you're right. I also think, um, you know, while we say, oh, let's not do anything at the federal level. It's a state fight. There's a lot of ways abortion is impacted at the federal level. You, the FDA on the abortion pill, the funding question still on Planned Parenthood. There's still way too much money flowing through. Lots of examples, lots of things, education department and others. Uh, I, but I agree with you. There's, we've got to be smarter about the fight. And, and I, frankly, we have to stop listening to the, um, to the, uh, the media tell us how it's a bad issue for conservatives to talk about. You mentioned Randy Wein garden um again back to enemies of the family um our public school teachers unions during covid i think they showed their true colors uh, mm-hmm. uh, now she's out sort of spinning that she was d- something that different than what she was um did you you know uh, again you're a lot of your members a lot of folks that are uh, involved with you homeschoolers but also conservatives in the schools where they are uh, how has that has that uh, shift happened on education and education freedom are you seeing it in your uh, efforts yes uh you know, there's a huge parental rights movement that's growing across this country they need a vehicle though they right. need champions in the public arena and the republican party didn't do a good enough job around these these education issues and these family and parental rights issues in the 22 midterm cycle, they Republicans don't like talking about sensitive issues. They'd rather talk about general issues like inflation, even though they don't have a plan to curb inflation uh, besides cutting entitlements, which is a whole other uh, <laughs> thing that we don't, you know, that, that puts us in a precarious situation. Um, and then, you know, they want to talk about crime. We have to champion the family. If we just, there's a Glenn Youngkin model here for turning a, a blue state red. And I don't know why Republicans aren't taking uh, a, a cue from that and making this the prem, premier issue in all of their campaigns and elections. You know, uh, Terry, I know you pretty well over the years. I mean, I know your family and all. And, and I think you and I both are on that sort of th- uh, part of the uh, 
uh, of the spectrum of conservatives where, you know, like when we see somebody that messes up, it's not the end of the world, right? I mean, you're, we're all sinners and all broken and all that. What One of the characteristics, though, is when people target kids. I mean, yeah. it, you kind of go, okay, I, you know, I wish I was the good Samaritan all the time. Maybe I'm not enough. Like maybe I'm, I'm not living up to that, but there's something in us, not just as fathers or men, men and women, adults. You, you look at, you're looking after kids. Terry, did you ever think that you'd be in this, uh, arena and we'd be talking about people that are, protecting pedophiles i mean mm-hmm. it, 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 it's like out of a, 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 a again we go back in time and you and i could let's say it was 20 years ago we'd say oh well here's a here's a fantasy story let's have 20 years from now they're going to have people fighting to protect pedophiles like is happening for example in, in minnesota in the state legislature i mean it's mind-boggling no it is i i never you know obviously Ed, i never thought i'd see this day um not only have we been allowing children to be put through and have sex change procedures committed against them. Uh, we're now having legislators. There's one in Minnesota right now that is removing exceptions for pedophilia. So, but right now the Minnesota uh, civil rights law protects sexual orientation um, and discrimination against that. There's an exception though with pedophilia. They don't count it as that. This legislator there, Lee Fink, who's a transgender male, um, who identifies as a woman wants to remove that exception for pedophilia. He, he wants it included in, uh, their protections. So where you can't discriminate against, imagine if you couldn't discriminate and exclude pedophiles, that means pedophiles will be able to be hired in schools just to put that bluntly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's my point, Terry. It's, it's kind of like it's, it's sped past us so fast. We're not having a conversation about people in our community that f- feel and think differently than we do and want the freedom to do it. And at a certain point, a lot of us, I'm not a libertarian at all. A lot of us are like, yeah, I, I don't really want to criminalize all the behavior around me that is really debauched and sinful. On the other hand, we're talking about kids and we're talking about, you know, uh, kids being preyed upon. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a, a talking point to say there's groomers in the world. That's a known thing, just like there's yep. salesmen in the world. And the groomers, <laughs> we have to ban selling stuff that I don't like, that I don't want to buy, but you're a good salesman. That's one thing. Grooming children, it, it's got to be a line that we have to not allow to be crossed. Anyway, uh, back for one second. I, I don't want to dwell on that too much. It just got me going. Uh, uh, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Uh, we're talking with Terry Schilling, president. Um, Terry, tell me about the fight with Disney briefly. I mean, more importantly than anything, it's gotten so messy. It feels like when you try to explain it to people, it's like, well, Disney had a sweetheart deal and and they did build a lot of stuff. But then they at the last minute after they were reined in, they did something that was really sort of sneaky. Where where are we with this thing? Well, it's good. It's in the courts now. Right. Right. And, And essentially what we've seen play out is Walt Disney Corporation has had a bunch of sweetheart gigs and loopholes put in the law and special privileges and advantages that were extended to them and not anyone else in Florida. And they started running their mouth. They started uh, getting engaged and involved in criticizing uh, DeSantis's agenda. And, and, and really, it's not DeSantis's agenda, right? Because this is being passed through their state legislature. Right. It's really the will of the people. Uh, that's how we do things here. So they started running their mouth and DeSantis and the legislature said, Oh, 
well, then we're going to repeal all the special <laughs> yeah. deals that we've been giving you. Like, right, if you're going to attack us, then we're just not going to extend to you all the special sweetheart deals we've been giving you. And Disney's now fighting that in the courts, and, and we'll have to see how this plays out. But, you know, to me, I think we need to start really fighting back um, across all, the entire corporate spectrum, right? It shouldn't just be Disney. These corporations have gone fully woke. They have mm-hmm. been captured by the enemies of America, and we should be getting rid of all of the special privileges and exemptions that we've been giving them for so long. Terry Schilling, president over at American Principles Project. Uh, be encouraged, Terry. Thank you for being out there and being willing to fight. It's I think it's in your blood. It's a genetic in the Schilling <laughs> family. So uh, appreciate it. And there's a lot over on the website. I'll put that up there. And again, you can follow Terry at Schilling1776. He's a good active follow on Twitter. So thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. All right, we'll take a break, everybody, and I'll be right back. I'll retweet a couple of those tweets I mentioned of Terry's and also uh, the the uh, website for the American Principles Project, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in. This story, well, this story uh, bounced around a few weeks ago, uh, the question of what uh, the government was, how they were targeting Catholics and that there was a plan. There's been a a memo that was leaked and there was other things, but the story seemed to die away. Well, we're going to catch up with Erica Ahern. Erica Ahern is a staff writer for Catholic Vote and The Loop, uh, and uh, she is going to fill us in on what's going on. There's been a FOIA request and some other things. First of all, welcome, Erica, to the program. I have to tell you the most important thing uh, for you to know is my mother-in-law, who is a wonderful lady, um, probably two years ago, said to me, are you getting the loop? You need to get the loop. <laughs> and I said, well, I, 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 you know, and I work in this area. It, it was probably longer than go. I said, I, I get it every now and then. She said, you got to get it every day. And she gets it every day. And she'll often forward me stuff to it. So my mother-in-law, Mary Alice, is uh, reading you, Erica, and others. And so thank you for that. So welcome to the program. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. So, Erica, walk us through the story. I mean, the basics of what the public heard was probably a cable news blurb that there was the Richmond Field Office had this memo. The memo seemed to target uh, Catholic churches. And then, you know, like a lot of things, the story seemed to go away. Where are we with the story? What are you uh, trying to do to get to the bottom of what the facts are here? Sure. So the story goes back to that January 23rd leak of the FBI Richmond office's memo. And Kyle Serafim, who's a former FBI um, uh, worker, he he came out, he's a whistleblower. He publishes this and it seems to indicate that the FBI has, um, at least in this local office, has agents who are being instructed to um, to infiltrate Catholic churches, particularly the traditional Latin mass church. So it seemed like a very local thing. And then we see on March, March 1st, we get Merrick Garland testifying under oath, disavowing this memo as it's appalling. It was instigated by a low level rogue agent. Um, but just, uh, two weeks ago, Congressman Jordan, who heads up that Senate Judiciary Committee who that, that received Garland's testimony, Congressman Jordan subpoena right actually unearthed this new memo that confirms the Richmond office targeting traditional Latin mass Catholics was actually approved by senior intelligence analysts and distributed to field offices across the country. 
So following this, we, we actually, right after Merrick Garland's testimony in early March, we, we had, uh, we issued a FOIA request. So Freedom of Information Act. This is, we just requested the documents surrounding the Richmond office, uh, what happened. We wanted all of the emails, the texts, everything related to this to just get to the bottom of this. Right. And this is our right as American citizens. The FBI does work for the American people. We simply ask for <laughs> that's what, what is, That's what you think, that's Erica. That's what we think anyway. <laughs> that's right. that's okay. on the paper anyway. Right. It works yep. for us. So we asked for this. It's been radio silence. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. We have heard nothing from either the FBI or the DOJ. We gave them the 20 days, which by law, we gave them an additional 10 days in case there were unusual circumstances. We still heard nothing. And so we have now filed a lawsuit demanding transparency from Biden's, frankly, corrupt and weaponized government agencies here, because we're determined to uncover just how high up this anti-Catholic bigotry goes. So um, is when you say there's been I, I hate to say this, but when there's no response from you uh, 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 to you, that's you hope it's different than the response um, from uh, Jim Jordan. And by the way, let me mention, I'll put up on social media, UncoverDC.com has a great piece on this. Tracy Beans, our old friend uh, uh, from over there, um, I think Kyle Serafin wrote uh, this piece, uh, and I'll put it up it's from a few months ago on on what the, the deal was. It's one of the facts I just want to mention, Uncover DC, who I appreciate so much. But so did did Jim Jordan get stymied too? I mean, sometimes it's a it's a sitting House member who's got some authority that's going to change the equation. Or, and where are we? And you've now had to mm-hmm. sue, right? You've had to go in and say okay we didn't get it in time we're suing um what's again first part where where, where's jim jordan on this yeah so two threads here jim jordan had requested all of the documents surrounding that richmond fbi memo he requested that back prior to merrick garland's testimony he had nothing coming in at him except these he got finally at the beginning of april this highly redacted uh set of emails and some memos but again everything's blacked out you can't see the details but it was enough to confirm that in fact merrick garland's testimony was wrong and i'm not going to say he was lying under testimony but either he was lying to us or he is incompetent and does not know what is going on at his senior levels Mm -hmm. because what jim jordan uncovered in that highly redacted finally the fbi gives us their the goods you can tell that in fact that richmond office memo targeting traditional latin mass catholics not only was approved at high senior levels but also it was sent out to field offices all over the country and it was expanded not just latin mass catholics but what they termed mainstream catholic churches and diocesan leadership so it uncovered a lot Nevertheless, Jim Jordan said, this is ridiculous. And he ended up subpoenaing the FBI, which is essentially just, you have to go in there now and give us everything you've got on this. There is no more voluntary sharing of information across government agencies. This is now a subpoena. And by law, they have to give everything they have to Jim Jordan's um, subcommittee. Uh, From our end of things, second thread, we actually went in and filed a, a lawsuit as um, as a five hundred one c four, right? And so we are we are now bringing this to court. So we will we will be seeing the FBI in court. They did not give us what we deserve under under law, which is our FOIA request, and right. now we're taking them to court. 
You know, uh, we're talking with Erica Ahern again, and uh, and she, as I mentioned, is a staff writer for Catholic Vote and also writes at The Loop. Um, and uh, there's a couple different organizations she's mentioning reporting on because the, the group that entered in Catholic Vote Civic Actions, a different group with Judicial Watch uh, related, overlapping. But as you mentioned, C4, I want to be careful to mm-hmm. say that it's kind of interesting. You, if you have never seen it, and I'll put up on social media, the complaint, the complaint, uh, of, uh, that Erica's referring to is very short. It's eight pages. It says basically we did it what we we're supposed to under FOIA. That's a federal law and they didn't give us, uh, anything. There's not really a fight yet because they didn't give you some of it and you know there's more. They gave you nothing, right? They gave you the, exactly. the, the brush off. Yeah. So it was radio silence. Yeah. <laughs> not a thing. Uh, what is the, um, any Democrats come on board? I know it's not a partisan issue. I know we're not, I mean, automatically at the local level, I think there are probably are, but any, anybody uh, willing to say, Hey, wait a second, this is beyond what we expect from uh, the government um, uh, in the Democrat party. Right. Unfortunately, no, we have not had any support from our Democratic representatives. And I would encourage everyone to go back and watch the clips from the Merrick Garland hearing. I think it was very telling um, just how by how partisan this fight has become. And to be honest, the FBI and DOJ are right now controlled by the Biden administration, which is a Democratic administration. And very, right. I, I know of no Democrats except perhaps Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin from West Virginia in on certain issues, certainly not on all issues, being willing to challenge the Democratic narrative, the status quo of that party. And unfortunately, the agenda of the Democratic Party right now is pretty clearly to target Catholics. This is discrimination against Catholics. It's weaponization of the FBI, not only um, in terms of infiltrating our Catholic worship communities, our churches, but also really throwing the book at Catholic pro-life activists. We think, of course, of um, the pro-life dad, Mark Houck who was arrested um, by the FBI at gunpoint in front of his seven children and his wife last fall. He was later exonerated in court. But I think that case really uh, encapsulates for us the dynamic that's going on here in the Democratic Party. They are willing at the highest levels to use the American government against its own citizens, in this case, faithful Catholics. So in the in the reporting from Uncovered DC, and I'm not sure I I, I know in in the, your press release there was a link to this, so I, it's where I was reminded of it. So, but if I get into the weeds a little bit, I, you can um, you can sort of um, kick kick for touch, as they say. You can, I'll tease them out for you. Yeah, yeah. But here's a, here's a, here's one thing I noticed. There is a term in the memo, the original memo, and the term is used by the FBI. And it's called radical dash traditionalist Catholics. So radical traditionalist Catholics or RTCs. Now, my question for you is, have we got any progress? Have we had any progress in finding out who gets to call you uh, an RTC? Who gets to define that? Who, you know, who's, is this a Southern Poverty Law Center generated mm-hmm. thing? Is there some, is there some path? I know the Southern Poverty Law um, has been referenced, but is that something that they, uh, they've coined that's being used now by the FBI? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Southern Poverty Law Center. So for your listeners who aren't familiar with it, this is a, this is a um, extremist leftist uh, activist group, really. And they are the primary source for this uh, FBI memo out of Richmond in terms of how they're going to define um, radical traditional Catholicism hate groups. Um, so Appendix D on this memo, which I think you're referring to, it's yep. actually just a direct copy right off the SPLC list of, quote, 
radical traditional Catholicism hate groups. Um, and they include, uh, you know, religious orders. It includes SSPX, which is, um, a semi schismatic Catholic group. And it, it's it, the Democrats, the FBI allowing this SPLC to set the narrative and to start to define people of faith to start to define Catholics as hateful um, just based on where they go to mass and what language they, they prefer to pray in, in this case, Latin. Um, but again, the uh, what Jim Jordan uncovered, the, um, the redacted uh, materials that were given to him subsequent to Merrick Garland's testimony, that indicates that this is actually expanded beyond the SPLC's more narrow definition of RTCs yeah. um, to include, again, Catholics in mainline Catholic churches. And, you know, you hear that term mainline Catholic churches. And I feel like I'm back in the 80s and like the, <laughs> the huge Protestant denominations. I'm <laughs> like, who coined that? But right. that's what they want to call us. And unfortunately, we're not allowed to define ourselves. Everyone's very into defining their own identity. But apparently, according to the FBI and DOJ, we're not allowed to do that. They're going to define us for ourselves. Well, and you talk about it again, um, if you talk about um, weaponization, I mean, that's one of the committees that Jim Jordan's got weaponization. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of you pause and you say, hold on a second. And by the way, let me remind everyone we're talking to Er Erica Ahern, uh, staff writer over Catholic Vote, as well as The Loop. Uh, And I'll put up on social media links to that. Um, But, you know, it looks like a private group. You know, this is a private, unaccountable, not taxpayer uh, oversighted. That's the wrong word, but overseen (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. group. The Southern Poverty Law Center is managing the agenda for federal law enforcement. I mean, you know, this is and on one level you say, well, that's not fair because Southern Poverty Law Center, in my estimation, I'm sure yours, too, is has a track record of being very left leaning liberal. They're a political actor, whether it's a small P or a big P partisan. But even more troubling is um, the lack of accountability. You know, if the if the FBI is calling us a name, there's a way people a name and creating RTCs and limiting someone's Freedom, possibly limiting someone's right. taking away someone's uh, freedom to be uh, uh, free of, of being surveilled for no probable cause or whatever. Come up with some mm-hmm. way to talk about that. You know, that's really um, it, uh, part of me says, well, that's lazy. It's wrong and problematic. It's also a good way if you're nasty and evil to outsource the 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 the, the tough work and mm-hmm. get, give yourself some distance from it. Right. I, I think that that's right. And uh, there's there's an element here. The SPLC, I think my conjecture is going to be that the Richmond office memo citing the SPLC, it was a convenient way um, for mm. them to sort of confirm their institutional bias when the yeah. FBI and DOJ clearly have an institutional bias. I mean, this spying it, on Catholics, it comes after uh, hundreds of violent attacks, right, that have been carried out against pro-life organizations and Catholic churches were up over 300 attacks on Catholic churches. And we're talking firebombing, vandalism, spray painting, smashing tabernacles and altars. Um, these attacks have been virtually ignored by the FBI. And meanwhile, on the other hand, they've been using the FACE Act as a weapon against uh, pro-life act advocates. I've already mentioned Mark Houck, but there have been right. 26 in, in 2022 alone. There were 26 indictments against pro-lifers using the FACE Act. So I think that the SPLC, it is a convenient way to confirm your own bias um, that is already 
infiltrated and and inhabits the DOJ, which, and like the SPLC, the FBI and DOJ, they're government bureaucracy. We don't right. elect Merrick Garland. Right. The leadership there is the direct result of who we elect as president and who he puts in his cabinet. Exactly. And people need to realize this is a, a a great example, a, a terrible example of elections have consequences. Well, and the, and the last thing, Erica, we're out of time. I, the other part of this, mm-hmm. though, is if this is the one we found, how many others mm-hmm. are there? I mean, is the Southern Poverty Law Center basically driving the agenda for the FBI's decisions on who's anti-government? That's another big phrase, anti-government. <laughs> yeah. You're anti-government. Well, who tells you? Like, I might, I think the people that disrupted a Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation from Code Pink, I think they were Code Pink, they, they seemed anti-government, but I don't get to decide, right? So, and, mm-hmm. and who decides, as you point out, when it's an unaccountable, it's one thing if it's an unaccountable bureaucrat. It's another if it's an unaccountable non-government entity that you can never get to to say how'd you get to that point so it's very troubling i'm glad i'm grateful that you guys erica here and again is with us um thank you for uh getting this uh, foia request and fighting through uh that and we'll be, look, be interested to see how it all turns out thanks so much for having me ed all right erica here Ahern, everybody staff writer for catholic vote and the loop i'll put it up on social media and there's a lot of, also this uncovered dc article is very strong for explaining some of these details and has the original source documents so you can see that too so we'll, i will put that up also all right we'll take a break and we will be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily broadcast launched by phyllis schlafly who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years upholding that legacy and himself an author national speaker and attorney here's the president of phyllis schlafly eagles ed martin In winning a landslide victory in the straw poll at the CPAC conference recently, Donald Trump amassed nearly three times as many votes as the distant runner-up Ron DeSantis. This was Trump's record-setting sixth victory in that poll. This doubles the career victories of even President Ronald Reagan in the same poll, and it far exceeds the four victories by the last GOP presidential nominee prior to Trump, Mitt Romney. Trump's speech at the well-known conservative confab was reminiscent of the Declaration of Independence, enlisting the grievances of the American people against the globalists who have run our country into the ground. Even the New York Times appeared to agree with Trump in warning against further entanglement by the United States in the NATO war in Ukraine. Steve Bannon quipped about the rivals to Trump, we don't have time for on-the-job training. Trump's rivals look like the seven dwarfs compared with Trump, and just imagine how much he can accomplish in a second term without anti-Trumpers like Paul Ryan, Pat Toomey, and others on Capitol Hill. Like General Douglas MacArthur vowing to return and then doing so to liberate the Philippines during World War II, Donald Trump has vowed to return to the White House to finish the job he started. However, outside of the presidential election itself, very few people pay any attention to the primaries even though that's where the action really is. After all, no one makes you take a test to prove you're a conservative before accepting your filing for candidacy for a particular party. Instead, it's up to the grassroots to thoroughly vet our candidates long before we ever get to the general election season. If you're looking for the right place to get involved in the election process, start with the primaries. Pick a candidate who aligns with your values and exercise your right to make your voice heard. If the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly has taught us one thing, it's that success for the conservative movement starts at the grassroots, comes to fruition in the primaries, and is harvested in general elections and the policies that follow. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wrapping things up, I got a text from one of you all, uh, and, and the person that texted me said, you haven't given out the texting number in a while, and I joked back and said, you already got it. You, you got it anyway. But here's, let me tell you, ways to get in touch with me. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'll take suggestions on topics, guests, uh, your thoughts, disagreements. Uh, there's three ways to get in touch with me. You can text me 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. You can send me an email, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, or you can go on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin and direct message me there at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, 314-256-1776 text ed at phyllisschlafly.com email or Go to at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter and direct message me. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer, Ryan Height, associate producer. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. It's Ed Martin on the Pro America Report. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.